What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. As always, my name is Caleb Brotherford, and I am the host. I am so excited that we have another opportunity this week uh, to study through our theme of Christian living, transforming into Christian living, and what exactly that looks like. Uh, And we're getting help with this particular topic from Mr. Peter, uh, the Apostle Peter, that is, and we're looking at 2 Peter chapter 1. But before we dive into any of those things, I just want to issue a thank you to you for continually supporting our network Uh, through your listening, through your sharing, through your reviewing and rating of our podcast. Uh, It means the world to us, and it does so much good for us when you do those things. Um, We're just grateful that we have an opportunity. Obviously, none of this is about numbers. We're not trying to you know, grow to be the the biggest and greatest network. We're just simply trying to use this as another means uh, to to get the gospel into the world, to use technology. uh, And podcasting is something that is growing, that is rapidly being used by so many people uh, from all different backgrounds and demographics. And so we're just trying to use the tools that God has given us. And hopefully this is something that we're using in a way that pleases and glorifies him. And that is uh, helping other people in in their faith uh, around us. Uh, As we always say, you can go to our website, scatteredabroad.org, find out all the information there uh, that you need to know. You can uh, go to whatever podcast platform you want to, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, all those kinds of things. Um, Those are all uh, available for you. And uh, just 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 excited, excited for the opportunity. It, it, it's uh, it's great to live the life of a Christian to know that we have a great hope in heaven above. And that's really why we're talking about what we're talking about this season, isn't it? Because we all want heaven. We all want uh, that which is uh, the, the greatest place that we could ever go. Um, and yet, it's something that takes effort. It takes works. It worked. It takes a specific lifestyle, um, and we need to know exactly what that lifestyle is. So, as we're going through Second Peter chapter one, it's Peter is explaining to us and giving to us many different characteristics, different what we might call Christian graces. Uh, that we need to be adding into our lives. Um, and if you remember going back to the very first episode, we're in episode number 11 at this point. So we've done quite a few episodes on this already, and we have just a few more, and then we're going to be bringing in some guests as we kind of wind down the season. Uh, but we've talked about a lot of different things. We've talked about faith and virtue and knowledge, self-control, perseverance. And today we're going to talk about this word godliness. Now, when we think about godliness, it's obviously important to define terms, and I think I've said that on just about every single episode. Uh, but when we look at the word godliness, it's not really something that we reference or say in our day and age, is it? It's not really something that um, we tend to uh, tend to throw around um, as it comes to a description of how we live our lives. Um, and yet it should be. It should be a word that we use. And the reason being is because of its definition. When we look at the word godliness, it, in the Greek, it means this, basically a humble reverence and deep piety towards God, or in other words, being someone who is God-like. So in other words, when when someone is considered to be godly or to have godliness in their lives, we're talking about someone who has the utmost respect and reverence and respect for God. And it is to the point, our reverence towards God is so strong that it affects, or at least it should, every single decision that we make. You can't be someone who just simply says, I'm godly, or I'll have godliness about me, and then live however you want. That's not what true godliness is. Being godly means I'm going to obey God. I'm going to be like God in every area and aspect uh, of my life. 
There's a quote from Brother Guy in Woods that I think is important for us to, to, to think about, and he said this. He said, the desire to be godlike is the motive from which all our actions should originate, and without which there can be no acceptable service rendered to God. You see, it must be a deep desire of ours to be like God. And if you can't do that, then your service cannot be accepted by God. You and I need to make sure that we are aware uh, of his desires and his purposes for my life. In other words, I am looking at myself and I am willing to dethrone myself. I'm willing to take myself out of the picture, put all of my wants and wishes to the side and humble myself in a reverent submission to God and his will. I'm going to be the kind of Christian that lives out 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 16, where Peter said, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, and that he may exalt you in due time. I'm going to be the kind of Christian that mimics Paul's attitude. In Galatians 2 and verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You see, if, if we don't do this, if we don't live godly, if we don't live like God, then you and I simply cannot be pleasing to God in this life. Certainly that should be a goal for each of us, to please God, to, to have him be happy with us in the way that we live our lives. And the only way that we can do that is to be like him. As we kind of go into a couple of other things today, I want to look at Hebrews chapter 11, or excuse me, Hebrews chapter 12. Um, and I want to briefly break down verse 28. And if you have a Bible, you can go there. If you're listening, uh, I'll just, I'll, I'm going to read it as we go through. Um, and then we're going to look at the the idea of godliness in the book of First Timothy very briefly. And then that'll wrap up our episode for today. Next week, we're going to look more specifically at godliness and areas in our lives that it is commanded and that we need to be seeing it. And then we're going to look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, a passage there that talks about godliness, and that'll wrap up part two next week. Uh, but today we're going to look at just a couple of passages, Hebrews chapter 12. And when we look at Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 28, I think this is a verse that sometimes uh, can be misunderstood just simply because of the language that is used and uh, just because some people I think like to make kind of a, a, a maybe a... Some people like like dramatics, I guess. Like, I guess we could say. And some people try to make things um, maybe a whole lot more complicated than they need to be. And I'm not saying that I know everything about this verse or I know everything about any verse uh, of the Bible because there's certainly more that we can grasp and gain. But it's a verse that I think we can understand at least um, all, I, I, right out of right out of the gate. Notice what what the Hebrews writer says here in verse 28 of chapter 12. He says, therefore. Since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. Well, what's the kingdom that's being talked about? Well, the kingdom here is being talked about is that which was established in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. We're talking about the church of Christ, the body of Christ, children of God who belong to him. That, the, the church of which we are a part as Christians, New Testament Christians, uh, to this very day. That's what is being talked about here. But notice as he continues, he says, let us have grace. Let us have grace. The New American Standard and the English Standard, the NASB and the ESV, all, both render this as grateful or gratitude, but I suppose it carries kind of the same thought. If you think back all the way back to episode chapter one, 
when we kind of opened up this entire study, uh, we talked about the idea of grace, how it is something that you and I don't deserve, and yet it is something that we still have an opportunity to retain. We still have an opportunity to obtain it, don't we? It's it's amazing. It's hard to think about um, the grace of God because it's something that we can't ever... um, we can't ever be deserving of, we can't ever go out and get it ourselves. And yet it is something uh, that God is willing to give to us. And that is uh, something that can be difficult to understand. Um, When we think about the things that God gives us, the blessings there, uh, think about the church. The church is a perfect example of that, isn't it? You and I don't deserve the church. You and I don't deserve the blessings and all of the wonderful things, the safety, security, the happiness that comes with the church. And yet, Here we are. We have the church because of God's wisdom, his foresight, and God's love for us. He blesses us with that. That's God's grace. Notice this. He continues on. By which, essentially saying because of the undeserved grace, because of the grace that I've given you, by which we may serve God acceptably. Notice the language. Hebrews writer, are you telling me that yes, I can serve God in an acceptable way, that I can know what I need to do and I can do it in a way that is pleasing and acceptable to God. Or you're telling me that his commandments, they're not burdensome. They're not grievous, First John 5 and verse 3, but that I can actually accomplish them and do it in a way that God wants me to do it. Of course, of course he is saying that. And yet we can flip that coin because of the opportunity to serve God in an acceptable way then logically, there is also the opportunity to do what? To not serve God in an acceptable way. Okay, think about Nadab and Abihu. And we're going to talk about that, I think, next week in our our episode about godliness. But there was a specific way that God wanted to be worshipped, a way that was acceptable to him. What did Nadab and Abihu do in Leviticus chapter 10? They did not do what God wanted them, him, them to do, and they didn't serve him in an acceptable way. We must serve God acceptably according to his will. But then notice how he closes out this verse. He says, with reverence and godly fear. This is the exact same language that is used back in 2 Peter chapter 1. It gives us the exact same idea that if we are going to serve God, that when then we're not going to just serve God, but that we're going to do so acceptably. If we're going to do those things, how must it be done? With reverence, respect, right? The idea of, of holding up God and doing everything he says because of the respect we have for him, the fear that we have for him. But then notice it's coupled with that godly fear. By living and showcasing your fear and respect for God. Friends, that's how you live with godliness. It affects every single decision that you make. Not only that, but you and I must also see it, and I think we should see it this way, as a privilege, as an opportunity to get to serve our great God in heaven above, considering everything that God has done for us, considering everything that God has accomplished for us. And God gives us the opportunity to look at him and to serve him with fear, godly fear, reverence, respect, and to do so acceptably. What a beautiful opportunity it is that we have. And I hope that we take advantage of those opportunities. But notice next, 
godliness in the book of First Timothy. And I don't know if you've ever done uh, a study through the book of First Timothy, but truly it is peppered uh, all throughout that entire book. Um, and it's really amazing when you look at it. a couple of passages I want to look at just briefly as we begin to wrap up this episode. First Timothy chapter two, notice with me beginning here in verse one, Paul tells young Timothy, therefore, I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life, peaceable life, notice this, in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. Notice continuing on in chapter 2, drop down to verse 9. In like manner, also that the women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with propriety and moderation, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly clothing, but which is proper for women professing godliness with good works. Notice chapter 4, beginning of verse 7. But reject profane and old wives' fables, and exercise yourself toward godliness. For bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. Notice chapter 6 and verse 6. Now godliness with contentment is great gain. Notice verse 11. But you, O man of God, flee these things. What was you just talking about? Talking about a love of money. But flee those things and do what? Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. And we don't have time to dive into each of these, but they all, all of them, surround this idea of godly living. If, if you and I are to implement godliness into our everyday lives, it is going to affect every single choice that we make. What, what, I, what I'm doing. Is it godly? Is it God-like? I need to be able to look at my life and examine it and hold it parallel to God and see if it runs in line with his character. And if it does, then I'm being God-like. But if it doesn't, then perhaps it's time for me to make a few changes in my life to make sure that I'm pleasing God in all aspects of everything that I do. I hope that this introduction and kind of first part to the idea of godliness has been helpful and beneficial to you. I'm looking forward so much to next week as we uh, continue and conclude uh, our episode. Next week, we're going to talk about some areas within our lives specifically where godliness is commanded. And then we're going to look at a passage in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Uh, and then we will close out that episode. But I'm just so appreciative of you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I'm looking forward to being with you next week. Thank you so much, and God bless. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.